are back in the football shed. Um, we are your weekly football co- podcast by three English folks based here in Melbourne. Uh, we record each week in Jeff's shed, hence the name Football Shed. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher now. Um, if you enjoy it, give us a review, tell your mates um, and subscribe. If you want to get in contact, you can shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook or on our fancy new shiny website, footballshed.com. That's us. My name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. Good night. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. Um, Jeff, what are you drinking tonight? Sounds it is really good. So horrible. It's called Session Lower Alk. Low, low in Session? Is that the problem? Is it low in Alk? 9.5%? It's not even wine. Yeah. Oh, what are you drinking? No wonder it tastes so horrible. It's bloody low booze wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. and, and, and how did you come across this wine? My son chose it, my two and a half year old son. <laughs> I said, Do you want the, the green one or the red one? He went, The green one. I said, Which one? He pointed out, No wonder it was cheap. Ah, oh, I'm regretting my life decisions now. <laughs> But every week, uh, we should have a wine and start with a question. This week's question is about the Champions League this morning. Uh, Ronaldo scored a hat-trick. I'm spewing. Yeah. Not that he's <laughs> low alcohol wine. Yes. Sorry. It's basically grape juice. <laughs> it's, I'd just like to point out to all the listeners that can't see, the low in alcohol content is written in rather large black block print on <laughs> the front of the bottle. I just thought it was part of the snazzy urban label. Alk. Alk. Why don't they call it alcohol? Like, alk. It could be anything. Alchemy. Low in alk. Well, who knows what alk is? <laughs> So you read the back label. We read the back label. Sorry, John. No, you're right. Back to the football. Um, but yeah, so Ronaldo. Spewing. Who, who I'm spewing about because he scored three goals this yeah, morning. what a jerk. Um, but he has played in 77 Champions League knockout games. How many goals, so goal, uh, goals and assists, has he been involved in in those 77 Gold games? Goals and assists? Goals and assists. Something like 68. Rog? 80. 77. In those 77 wow. games, he scored 62 goals and had 15 assists. That's pretty good, isn't it? It's ridiculous. Is like, he the greatest player of all time? No. No. Is he the greatest player since Jeffrey Brush? <laughs> He's an actor. <laughs> Is he the greatest player since Barack Obama? <laughs> no. Since the Barack Obama era? Are you sure it's low alcohol wine? <laughs> <laughs> He's um, good, though, isn't he? He's... Well, he turns up in the big games. Like this morning, I, I thought it was a bit of an odd that everyone's surprised that Juventus got through. Like I thought, two 0 is not a huge lead for Atletico, and if you get an early goal, then you. Atletico did defend very well, though. Like two, they wouldn't yeah. lose many games by three, three, no. three goals. But uh, yeah, it's just depressing. I hate the fact that Ronaldo's got through, and Juve are now going to win the Champions League. I've got to, I've got to say, for all of the Ronaldo hate, which I think is perfectly valid. Yeah. He is an incredibly good header of a football. He is, yes. which is sometimes forgotten. Like, amongst all the things that he does very well, he is an exceptional header of He's football. one of the best in the air, which is kind of ridiculous. And he, it's because a few different things. Like, he jumps very high. He regularly jumps very high. You regularly see pictures of him and he's really high. You think that's, that's <laughs> yeah. impressive. He's got a long neck. Yeah. yeah. Very um, massive neck. Have you, I saw this great tweet the other day of um, someone going, Oh, Ronaldo, has there ever been a sportsman that has jumped so high and blow at someone's comment like, I've got a great sport to introduce you to. <laughs> Do you know, I um, his first header as well, in particular today, uh, the way that he... He's 
got a bit of mongrel. Like, he just wants to win so much. But I thought what he did really cleverly was he jumped early, but he jumped across his man. Mm. So, so he can't, if he gets challenged... He gets challenged, it'd be a penalty, but he was never going to foul because he'd sort of... Although he he jumped across his man because he went early, he wasn't going to impede him. and he got. But he managed to get in front of him and it was a really difficult header and he made it look so easy. Do you I think mean, time is going gonna, is gonna to improve him? Now, okay, let me put that in context. Do you think that in 20 years' time, when when the next generation of football fans talk about what it was like to see Ronaldo in the same way you know, we talk about Pelé, and do, do you think that that level of space between him being such a twat and remembering how good he was at football will make will, will take the animosity away? Yes. Yeah. I think once he stops playing and stops prancing around, everyone will go, "Oh, he's actually really good at football." And, and I, I think, like in terms of the people that don't like him, I think largely it's people like us. Like I think a lot of the kids and stuff. Like he's got hasn't he got more followers on oh, he's, social he's, media he's than anybody? Popular. So he's he's divisive though, isn't he? Because of the way he conducts himself, so it makes people um, not like him. Going back to your question though, one thing that I will go on record as saying is I think he is better than Lionel Messi. Because in the big games he produces, I think perhaps Lionel Messi is a is a better footballer, maybe. But yeah. Ronaldo is a better player because in the in the big games he shows up, whereas Messi doesn't. Messi hasn't. Yeah, yes, yes, Barcelona have won the league, but I mean that's more about a team in terms of winning individual games. Ronaldo is better at that than Messi. Yeah, it doesn't feel like Ronaldo loses many finals, but Messi loses every final he has a chance to yeah. lose, doesn't he? And Messi's not won anything with Argentina, whereas yeah. Ronaldo has won something with Portugal. Um, and I think with the like this morning they won three nil. Ronaldo scored all three. I'm not surprised. Which is ridiculous, really, is the fact that he just... And he's not played very well in the league. He's not scored loads of goals or anything. But big game. He's been bought to win the Champions League. I have to win this game for Juventus. I'll score three goals. He's also changed his game as he's aged. And Mm. I don't want to... I mean, the Messi-Ronaldo conversation will go until the day we all snuff it. But the way that he's adapted his game as he's lost his pace. You you remember when he first came on the scene at Man United? He was a winger. He was Mm. tricky. Burst past players. Now he, he's a lazy goal hanger, yeah. but he does that intentionally to preserve his pace, preserve his energy, so that he can do what he did for the first goal and have enough about him to nip in front of a defender really intelligently. Of all players in last year's Champions League, he ran the least of any player in any team that played a whole ninety minutes. Like of an average, he just doesn't run; yeah. he just stands still. But he'll keep going, and I feel like he'll keep scoring goals because he knows knows where to be to score the goal, and he's like. I mean, he's incredibly dedicated to his fitness mm. and all that. So he'll, I think he's he's not going to stop anytime soon. Do you think he enjoys football? Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't bother. Oh, I'm not. Sure. I, I think his his ego keeps him playing, but I don't see much pleasure in there. Like like when he scores, he almost you know when when players score, you see an outpouring of emotion. You know who they are. You know they they either. They're about their social media profile. They make a little thing with their yeah. hands, or, the, or or they just love it. Yeah. When Ronaldo scores, it's like he's proved everyone wrong every time, and his face expression, his body, is just like "fuck you, I'm doing it." But that, I think that's his whole mentality. That's what he's always been. It is like I have to prove everyone wrong. So can so that be pleasurable? Win. Yeah, I think his that's for him. His is. will to win, like that's when he, and that's why he's so good. Is he constantly improved? Like Man United, he couldn't head a ball. Like he literally couldn't head a ball, and now we're probably saying he's one of the best headers in the world. 
and that's ridiculous really it only comes from practice 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 um, so yeah but anyway Juve are through Man City are through because they won 7-0 easy <laughs> a few cutbacks in that game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few cutbacks I enjoyed even when a cutback wasn't on they somehow find the cutback Raheem managed to do a cutback with a back heel yeah David. I didn't even bother watching the highlights because I knew what happened yeah, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah. Sané was, was great he, yeah. I thought he was really good, especially so. And Foden got a goal. Foden got a goal. Good goal. Um, Sane made that goal. It was brilliant. But really naive defending. But, it's, I mean, Man City are a better side. So, in a way, it's it's expected. But the Champions League throws up crazy results. When you're the better side, it doesn't mean that you're going to go win a game. And Man City won in the way that they should. And quickly to touch on last week, Spurs and Porto are also through. Ajax and Man United are through. So, the Man United PSG game was after we recorded last week. Um, which was amazing. And Feels like a very say. long time. It was a long time ago, but the fact that Man United got through in that is incredible. Um, and then we have Liverpool, Bayern, and Barca, Leon tomorrow. Just go, uh, going going to that Spurs result, right? We we spent a fair chunk of time on the shed last week talking about that Spurs result, mm. and part of the conversation moved on to the Spurs Southampton game. Yeah, we said so. What was what were they going to do against Southampton last week? Was it a surprise after that conversation that they didn't get anything from that game? No. And isn't that interesting? I'm not saying that we're always right. We are always right. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, the logic dictated, as we, we had a good discussion about Tottenham and, and the state of their season, the state of their players, the state of their fitness, you know, I won't go over it. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is last week's episode. The, the debate was actually, are they ready for a game in the Premier League against a team that's struggling at the bottom, that wants to get three points? Are they ready? No. And actually, no, they weren't ready and they got beat. Yeah, and what they did in that game is they went a goal up, um, moving on to the Premier League. They went a goal up and looked comfortable, and Southampton looked awful in the first half. And then the second half, they just went, oh, we've won this, and Southampton just Did took it off. Goal. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Pochettino came out afterwards and called them arrogant and said they were a bit complacent and stuff, which I think is fair enough. Like, good on him for saying it. Um, but they just doesn't change the result though no, did no. Ali was back though which, yeah. is a, which is big for them they had Deli Ali back Eric Dyer was back Lucas Moura was back so they've got players back um, and since that game against Southampton because they don't play in the um, Champions League this week they're out of the FA Cup and they're not in the league fixtures that there are they've got like 20 days off yeah I've so. got a question on that game mm-hmm. is James Ward-Prowse the best dead ball specialist in the Premier League yeah this is what I said last week this, this is brilliant this will be the third week that we've waxed lyrical about James Ward-Prowse yeah he's a brilliant but, but I, I think he's a good player but I just think in particular uh, taking a, a a dead ball his free kick to win the game against Spurs last 10 minutes or whenever it was is it's a brilliant free kick yeah you can't and, defend that no it's flying the top corner and he will do that every single time and I always say is technically he's one of the best English players there are and if he was Spanish he'd just play for Spain every week so what, why isn't he playing for England every week John obviously that England don't play every week but why isn't he playing <laughs> for England every game he's not been in the Southampton team a lot this year so the Mark Hughes, really Mark, Hughes, coach, yeah, yeah. Mark Hughes didn't really rate him which Mark Hughes is an idiot <laughs> so <laughs> that's understandable um, so he's had now, a lot of problems with injuries too in terms of continuity yeah but now he's getting a few games and playing <clears> and he's playing centre midfield Um and is being told to control the game and dictate the pace of the game. He's looking really good. When he was last 
regularly playing well for Southampton. He was in the England squad. Southgate really likes him and had him at the under-21s. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's named tomorrow in the squad. He's only, what, 24, 23, 25? 24. Yeah. He's got to be loving the fact that... Kieran Trippier has turned into a bloody sack of cabbages, hasn't he? He's done, he plays in a different position, though. Yeah, but if you're going to be a dead ball specialist... Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. And you're going to play yeah, for yeah. England, you've got to hope that Kieran Trippier is not on every single dead ball. Because if you're Ward-Prowse and you know that that is one of your biggest assets, then the fact that England's best set-ball specialist yeah. is... No, that's a good point. And we haven't really got anyone who you, like, used to always be like, oh, Beckham will take the free kicks. Gerrard will take the free Harry kicks. Harry Kane! Kane. Yeah. <laughs> Kill on corners, Harry. <laughs> that's what I mean. So, so yeah. if this was six months ago, it, he wouldn't be in the England side because actually, as I say, his biggest asset, we have someone who's better. But Kieran Trippier has been... Alexander-Arnold? Doctor. And I think also Ward-Prowse is built for international football because he's not the quickest... Um, but yeah, technically he's brilliant. So I, yeah, I think he's great. I think one of the knocks on him, or, or potential knocks on him from some of the managers in the past, like I've, he's had spells where he's been really good, but he can sometimes go missing in a game. And perhaps there's a, and maybe it's a, a misconception, that, but that he doesn't have that like physical edge and can get sort of you know bullied out of the game a bit like yeah. we always talk about how physical the Premier League is and I think you're right he's almost it's like Lalana again like yeah. he's more of a a European style English footballer and he's a ball player he's yeah. not a typical box to box and I think if you put him in a top six side he would do really really well I think it'd be really good <laughs> um, go on um, you just mentioned Lalana there he's someone who had a good weekend too yeah. I thought he looked great yeah. yeah before we go on to Liverpool let's finish the top four because okay. uh Spurs are now struggling to stay in the top four. Um, but Arsenal beat Man United 2-0. Um, as a Man United fan, obviously disappointed we lost, but we actually played well. Did you like, see it coming though? I, I was yeah. really surprised at that oh, result. I, I put money on Man United to win, so no, I obviously did not see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Arsenal have been a bit flaky, like a bit Arsenal lately. And they lost in Europe in the week to a shit team. Um, that has, To a heartburn tablet. Yes, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I Arsenal played really well, but I think as Man United shouldn't be disappointed with. I think you lose games, don't you? Like it's yeah. the first game you've lost in ages, um, and you just got to take it and move on and go next game. Okay, I'm I'm gonna <coughs> uh, I'm gonna disagree, and I'm not gonna say that I predicted it because we record every week and I didn't predict it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I'll say is it shouldn't be that much of a shock. So mm. Arsenal lost once at home this season. And that was the first game of the season. But their home record is brilliant, no matter who's rocked up. Yeah, okay. Secondly, they are going so under the radar because of very, you know, very obvious flaws in their in their starting eleven that makes you think they're not contenders. Let's not even think about them. Let's just put them out of the conversation. They'll just peter away. That'll that'll be absolutely fine. But actually, they they are on course to get seventy six points this season. If you conservatively predict the last eight fixtures. They are on course for a 76-point season. They've only achieved that once in the last decade. Yeah, wow. So no, when Emery gets a, gets a kick in, actually, you know, if they don't capitulate, mm. if they don't completely fall apart between now and the end of the season and do what you would predict they do, they'll be ending, as I say, the, the second best in a decade. You would think that'd get your top four, 76 points. Yeah, and they're, well, they're on 60 points, and this time last year they're on 48 points. So there's a 12 point difference which only Liverpool have improved that much which you would say Liverpool are doing great they might win the league 
Arsenal have improved that much, which is incredible, really. And not, not only that, but they've brought back the joy of playing two strikers. Yeah. Well, we talked about this at the beginning of the year, about how we're going to see a resurgence of two strikers. It's impossible to ignore what Arsenal are doing up front, yeah. because we we talk a lot about... Four five one and playing cutbacks and you know tiki taka football whatever whatever the the trend is but what they're doing attacking Lee attacking Lee with their attack it's brilliant to watch it's captivating. although lately they've gone back to one of them being on the bench no because against Man United they played Ozil in a ten and Abemiang and Lacazette up front together as a two but they haven't done that. They haven't done it regularly, no. but I think to do that against Man United... That's which, brave decision. Yeah, Man United yeah. haven't been defeated in however long, um, and they just went, no, we're going to play the big three, and we're going to play Oswald in 10, and go, don't do any work back, don't worry about it, and play the two strikers. I think, yeah, it's big balls. It, it is big balls. Um, so I, I think Arsenal deserve a lot of credit for the position they found themselves in in the Premier League, and I think that they're not getting it, and fair enough, because... Every time you discuss them in detail, suddenly, you know, the name Mustafi comes up. You're like, <laughs> oh, okay, I, I, I get it. Um, but, you know, they do deserve to be where they are. The, some of the, they churn over poor teams. They lose in high-profile games and everyone thinks that they're losers. But actually, you know, credit to them. The season they're having is very, very good. Have Arsenal improved this year compared to last year? Or have the shit teams got worse and the big teams are just... No, Arsenal improved because Arsenal would always choke against the top six, whereas they've not done that this year. They've got points off the top six, um, and I think they, yeah, I think they have improved. And Emery by dropping Ozil and making the whole team work hard and stuff, he's just improved the whole team. Yeah, now we've got to expect that. Um, the, let's look at the transition of Liverpool this year as a as a model. They can't attack the way they attack and shore up their defence. So we're going to see next year if Arsenal are going to improve, they will score fewer goals, and they might not play two up front next year, and they certainly won't play two up front with Ozil as number ten. You just can't afford to do that if you're playing a more defensive formation. But in order for them to go to the next level and be challenging for the league, they are going to have to be less expansive as a team. But as a transitional year, there there isn't a better example in the Premier League this year of a team transitioning to a new manager. And Emery gets more stick than the majority of new managers in the Premier League. Do you reckon that's because he looks like John Kushak? He's got the. Um, he does look like John. Kushak. But you say <laughs> that, right? But we we've been giving Sarri a lot of shit lately. Chelsea are only three points behind Arsenal. How is that possible? And with a game in hand. And with a game in hand. Yeah, oh, so you know. But they also were undefeated for the first like seventy nine <coughs> games this season. But I think that we. What's that bloke's name who just got the sack from Leicester? Um, Claude Puel Claude Puel right yeah. I think that Emery has a bit of the Puel about him <laughs> yeah okay do, do you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. lacking charisma he's just a, he's just a bit wet he's yeah. like a soggy cucumber sandwich on a rainy day do you reckon that I yes I agree he looks so like he's from Transylvania or something yeah he's untrustworthily yeah. grumpy yeah he's, he's, he's got a weird face and a weird voice <laughs> uh, yeah but but defend Puel and Emery though Having to do interviews in a second language when you're in a high-pressure job must be so crap. And so you're just trying to get your... Every word you say is being poured over by the media. So you're just like, I can't... I just got to get my words right. 
not think about how do I show my personality? Just get an in interpreter. Yeah, get or, do, or do a Gareth Bale and just do hand signals. <laughs> or, or what's the name of the eyebrow? Who was it? Chelsea? Angelotti. Angelotti. <laughs> just get your eyebrow going. Everyone loves it. That's what I mean. If you've got charisma, it doesn't matter what language you speak, you've still got eyebrows. Yeah, it's true. It's like he could just flare his nostrils at every question and everyone would love him a bit more. But he's just so dour. And he's not as dour as Puel, but Puel got the sack. And I think that is why yeah. we haven't latched onto him as a as a you know as a leader. He doesn't feel like a leader. He got sacked from PSG after he won the league because he's not a leader or doesn't appear to be one. But you're right. Like I mean, and I I think he has done a good job in transition, and <clears throat> it is exciting to see uh, Lacazette playing better this year and Aubameyang's a superstar. Like his goal scoring record since he's come to the Premier League's. Brilliant. Yeah. Like he's just a very, very good footballer. Solid haircut yeah. too. Solid. Solid haircut. <laughs> Massive. So he, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think there's something in that. Joke. There's um, also talk at Arsenal of Monchi, the director of football yeah. from Roma coming in. Because at Roma, they got rid, the owner got rid of everyone after they went out of the Champions League. So now Ranieri is manager of Roma again. Which Sorry. Is weird weird, weird today. decision. Yeah. What? Because well, they fired... Um, it's not Spalletti, he's uh, into Milan. Uh, Di Francesco. Di Francesco. Um, so they fired Di Francesco and um, then they got in um, Ranieri as a backup plan. Um, and then, uh, I've lost my train of thought, sorry. But I think he's given him a three-year contract. Sporting director. Yeah, so Monchi, so Monchi was at Rome and they fired Monchi. And now there's rumours of Arsenal hiring Monchi because they got rid of the Dortmund guy that they yeah, did have. Yeah, okay. And Monchi and Emery were at Sevilla together when they won three Europa Leagues together. Interesting. So we forget that about Emery too. Like that, that Sevilla team which he, he effectively built was a was a very, very good footballing team. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Although, say that, they qualified for the Champions League every year and, and came third in their group, which is, how, which is why they won the Europa League every year. So it was an incredible team. Amazing achievement. But they were, they were bottlers. Yeah, they, <laughs> <laughs> they were third best in a group of four. They were best, Three of, best in the next tier down. <laughs> yeah, they were. Which yeah. I guess for Arsenal, it's perfect. It's perfect for now, <laughs> yes. you know. But and and they might make a, a West Brom style choice if they finish top four to try and go to the next level because he's just got no charisma, which would be a shame because he's doing a good job. Um, on the top four, um, at the moment, the top four is Man City, Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal. Um, that's what I predicted at the start of the season. Just saying. So uh, if it ends now, I'm a happy man. It's you, pretty can, close though, John. Can you believe Spurs are 12 points behind Liverpool? No, no. They were in the tight race a week ago. 12 points. Like the first and second place are 12 points ahead of third. That's outrageous. But as you say, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth uh, is brilliant. It's four points apart. I'm loving the top four. I'm loving this year. Top yeah, four race. There's yeah. a relegation battle. There's a race for the title. There's a, but there's a proper proper title race. That's what we were going to get onto Liverpool before. The, I think the the biggest thing that I got excited about at the weekend. Klopp was like, there was Man City efficiently brilliant, won easily, and then there was Klopp beating his chest, like banging <laughs> on the war drums and you know jumping up and down and saying you know no one no one gets away from us and. And I, the fact that Liverpool came out and performed, I, I thought was great. And I, after that game, I was like, you know what? We have got a proper title race. This is going to go down to the wire. Yeah, I agree. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant to watch. Yeah, I, um, Liverpool uh, 
definitely could have lost that game against Burnley. I think they could have, uh, especially when they conceded early on, and you're like, oh, here we here we go. This and it was a dodgy goal from a corner. Oh, that was never a goal, was it? <laughs> no. no, it was never a goal. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Man City also beat um, Watford three one. Raheem Sterling hat trick. Is he the greatest player of all time? No, second behind Ronaldo. Second behind Ronaldo and <laughs> Phil Foden. Or is that third? Um, but I do think he should get player of the year. Do you, like He's involved in so many goals. He makes so much happen. And for Man City now, he's basically the first name on the sheet. Uh, I, I think... He, and he's only 25, some of that. Yeah. But I still kind of feel like, is he the... Um... Like the gloss on top, the window dressing. Like I, I don't know if if he is going to win you a game. Oh, he just like scored, he will. He just he, a I know he <laughs> often does the things that win the game, but I just sort of, I kind of feel like you want someone who's going to dictate play a bit more. Than Rog, you. what you need to do is get over the fact that he bought his mum a house. <laughs> no, I'm a big Brahim fan, but I just, I, I think he's had a great year, but I just don't think he's. The best player. But then we were just talking about Ronaldo. Ronaldo is now a goal hanger. Yeah. That's his job. So Sterling isn't a goal hanger. He does more, but also gets the goals. He's been brilliant this year. But I I mean, for Man City, I think that, for instance, Bernardo Silva's probably had a better year than Sterling. It's pretty close. But I I think if Sterling's scoring a hat-trick now, I think... I can see him having a season where he scores 40, 50 goals in a year for Man City. And if he does that, he suddenly gets elevated to that next level. Well, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. You know, I mentioned that there's only four players um, in the Premier League that have been involved in, what was it, 20 goals uh, in the mm. last two seasons or something. So it's, you know, it's like Aguero, Sterling... Um, Salah, yeah, uh, and I can't remember Hazard, yeah. Hazard or yeah. something. So he he is. There is the no top. doubt he is up there in that bracket of players. Um, and, and I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe in the big moments, he is he's scoring the goals. Scored a good goal again today. There is certainly a style of team that suits Raheem Sterling, and he is playing in that perfect style of team. Yeah. So when you when you're judging someone's expertise, you look at what other top draw teams could he play for and have the same impact. I would say it's the teams that might surprise you. I, I would say that he wouldn't play very well for an Atletico Madrid, but he would score 30 goals a season at Bayern Munich. Barcelona, I think he'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Dortmund. I, would he be good at Dortmund? Or is or yeah. Dortmund have too many Raheem Sterlings already? No, I think he'd be good. I, I mean, I think he's just very good, isn't he? But I, I mean, I just like the fact that it was... Man City were efficient. They basically won the game in 15 minutes. Was it 15 minute hat trick? Yeah. I think? Like yeah. The first goal was a bit dodgy, but you, you just felt like they were going to win. And then that put the pressure on Liverpool. And then Liverpool came back, and I, I, you know, they had to try a bit harder. And there was a lot of emotion in that, but they won. Uh, Mane was great again. That's seven goals in his last five or six home yeah. games. He's sort of. Salah's not scoring, but uh, Mane's really lifted. Um, I think Liverpool this week have got. It's, it's Fulham away, so they should win. But I think it's a big game because Man City don't play this week. So it will put them... They win, they go two points clear. And yes, obviously Man City will have the game in hand, but it's that psychological thing of they're top of the league and now Man City will have a week to think about it. And then I don't know who Man City are playing the week after, but that game suddenly gets harder. Yeah. And also, if Liverpool play before them that weekend, they're five points behind it. It suddenly feels really 
difficult. But isn't it and great? look at the look it's, at the. Um, oh, I love it's it. Like, it's, it. When was the last time we had this? Where you yeah. feel like we're talking about, and then one goes ahead, and then the other one comes back. <laughs> it's like it's just so good. But then we were talking a few weeks ago about they're better chasing than they are leading. The difference between Liverpool this weekend versus Liverpool two weekends ago mm. is a completely different side. They're yeah. hungry. They're chasing. Like yeah. that's what they're built for. They're built to be second place. We started talking about Lallana. <laughs> we started talking about Lallana, but we didn't yeah, sorry. really. But I, I mean, so this is his first game back for a while, and I, I thought he looked first start. First start, first sorry. Start. Yeah, I thought he he looked really good. Like, it, and it was his um, sort of desperation that created the Mane goal. He um, ran in and, and got a block on the edge on the edge of the box. Um, but I just he was involved a lot, and he sort of gave them. They've been lacking a bit of creativity a bit lately in the middle, and I thought he gave them that. And, and I, I think he could come in for the last eight games of the season and offer them something a bit different. He's a little bit cleverer. Um, he's not um, just going to shoot from miles out like Shakiri does or whatever. He's, that gives them a bit of guile in midfield. And I think Klopp knows that and will use him. Why He's not going to play every 90 minutes because he just can't but he gives them that bit of guile in the middle of the park and maybe that's what they need is the to... ox going to be back as well do you, do you know possibly you know that no one likes him who Lallana what at Liverpool at Liverpool at any, at any club really so that like we talk about his football and how he will affect them positively but Lallana is notoriously just a bit of a cock really yeah no one likes him like he's what? so arrogant he thinks he's the bee's knees Dog's bollocks machine. This isn't just and an Everton fan talk. No, 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 no. This was the same when he was at Southampton, where where more stuff came out about he's actually just so up himself, and he's selfish, and he thinks he is better than you. Wow. I hate he- hearing stuff like this about footballers because I actually quite like Lana as a footballer. Now, now I'm questioning my yeah. life choices. Now, now I want you to I want you to watch when he plays and watch how many times he gets the ball passed to him. And look, I'm I'm not kidding you. I was hard. Oh, let me try and dig out, and I'll, I'll post yeah. it on our social media some of the interviews from when he left Southampton. Yeah. The player was like, "Oh, you know, great player, but probably better without him because he's so wow. disruptive because no one liked him." Same at Liverpool. But he's then, just not a very nice guy. At Southampton, he was captain of the Southampton team when he was 21 years old. So that's you've got to have some kind of leadership qualities at that point. But it doesn't mean you're likable. It's but, the arrogance he has to, to, to keep trying things. You know, from yeah. a footballing perspective, that character trait has, has got him as far as it's got him. Yeah. But if you're his mate, you know what? Like, he's the last to find someone to sit next to him on the bus. Yeah. He's just that bloke. <laughs> well, there you go. A bit like Danny Mills. Yeah. Um, Danny Mills is a cock. Um, I just want to say that... Um, there is no better team to support than Everton. Well, yeah, I was going to say, let's move on to Everton. So, uh, as, as an Everton fan, Jeff, talk us through your amazing first half against Newcastle. No, no. Ru- routine victory. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to go into the detail. All okay. I want to say is that we've we've already mentioned that you know this season is is really good, right? There's a there's a title race. It's really yeah. exciting. There's a race. Four teams going for the final two spots. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Relegation battle's amazing. There is pretty much only one team in the Premier League that has absolutely nothing to play for. What about the Everton Cup? And that is Everton. So are you now saying the Everton Cup's gone? Everton are 12 points away from the Everton (laughs) Cup. More than that. I can't even count. 15? Whatever. 15 points away from the Everton Cup and 3 points away from that... 40 points. No, you're only only 7 points points in the Everton Cup. Well, Everton are the only team that that have... Absolutely nothing to play for at all, which means 
I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. Which means that supporting Ever- Everton is a privilege. Because <laughs> you get the emotional roller coaster of supporting a football team. It's brilliant. You get the ups, the downs, the signing players. It's, it's great. Everyone loves it. But then you get 10 game weeks of being able to be a neutral. I can enjoy the title race. I can enjoy the relegation battle without any fear that my club will disappoint me any further. If you lose every game between now and the end, you could still get relegated. Now, this season, 37 points is safe. No, I don't know. Like Cardiff on 28, it's only nine points. Up a bit. No. Well, that would be good. That'd be brilliant. But I, I mean, you won't, Everton won't get relegated. But it's funny because I was having this exact same thought at the weekend about Everton. I just, I, I saw the result, and I, and I watched how it happened, <laughs> and I was like, well, what are Everton playing for? Like, what is? Um, as a manager, it would be hard to sell it to the players. But and what? Where's Everton's direction now? Like, what are they? Are they trying? You would assume that they're trying to get into that next bracket of clubs. But we know that that's hard because those other clubs are also well run and have got lots of money, and you might have to spend a shitload of money to get there. But then that didn't work because you signed five number tens, <laughs> uh, and so that's not always the right approach. And but it just. I just sort of feel like, where do you fit? Like, what do you do as an Everton? It's it's a it's an interesting question. I mean, this year's over. Eight games left. It, it's just over, and that's fine because this is year... it fine that you it was for over this time last season as well. Well, yeah. There's nothing worse than a wasted season. Yeah. When I say it's fine, it's fine because I've accepted it. It's not fine because a, a season where you make no progress or no, or you don't go forward, you don't decline, mm. and you don't decline enough to reshape and reshift and change and you don't make progress enough to realise that the reshaping and shifting and changing before was, is working all it does is put you in limbo for another year to go well let's try the same thing again slightly and and there's nothing worse than throwing a year away in the progression of a club however it happens but have um, you thrown it away I mean what one thing I would say that um, I, I read uh, a couple of weeks ago on this was an interview with um, Andy Robertson who's obviously been getting rave reviews at Liverpool. Uh, now, he was at Hull, and his game improved a lot at Hull under Marco Silva. That was when you know when Hull were in the Premier League. He looked really good. They went down, and Liverpool were like, well, this guy's good enough to be in the Premier League. We'll snap him up. Yeah. Now, he essentially massively believes in what Silva does. So he's a, he's a real believer in Marco Silva, and he said that he improved all the young players at Hull massively when he was there like he's a great coach um you know connects with the players and and they really he really improved the players so perhaps in your position someone like Marco Silva is a good coach because if you are if you want to sustainably progress one of the ways you can do that is by improving your young players and Everton have quite a young squad so I just hope that you don't feel like it's nothing and you do stick with the silver because that's the only way you're going to be able to well I, I think they will so when you listen to the director of football Marcel Brands talk he talks about blooding in youth at the same time as buying players he says that's the way it worked for him when he was at PSV and that's the plan he has for Everton um, and you can see slight progression with players like um, Calvert-Lewin Right, we talk about how Calvert Lewin just isn't very good. He's in, he's he's on, he's, he's gone to quite good. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's scoring goals. Should we say? Should we say scoring he goals? He's slowly yeah. improving. He's working very hard. He's making more intelligent runs, and he's scoring goals. Yeah. He scored a, a goal from thirty yards the other day, and he scored a header last week. Yeah. Like he's scoring goals. He's better than 
buying a player like Omar Nias or yeah. Jenk Dawson yeah. because yeah. you're actually investing in yourself. You can make money out like it's a business model as well as a uh, an evolution of a football club. Uh, John Joe Kenny has been great right back this year mm. when he's played. So it's a, yes, you're right, Roger. There, there, there are some positives that you can take from the way he manages. He needs to be given time. The last eight games of the season won't be a waste because some of those young players will get a go. As I've, as I've said many times, if you want to um, sign on a permanent basis players that you're loaning, you have to do two things. And I, and I look at um, uh, uh, Gomez. Mm. Now, if Gomez played exceptionally well, they either wouldn't sell him to Everton or another club would come in and pay more money for him. But if Everton played incredibly poorly, he wouldn't go. So the best season you can have when you have players like Zuma and Gomez who are actually playing pretty well is if it's a bit average and they're playing a bit average. Because it means you can, <laughs> you, you can get them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they can buy into something. And the, the, the Merseyside derby where the atmosphere was amazing, they can buy into it and go, they can see the future. So, so there, there are positives. But right now, I can relax in the joy of the top and the bottom of the Premier League without the feeling I get on a Sunday morning when I wake up and I see this gut-wrenching disappointment like I did this week. Maybe one more win. Yeah, maybe one more to make it safe. Um, (laughs) The best thing I found about this Everton-Newcastle game is now Newcastle are only three points behind Everton and Bournemouth, which is crazy. Um, But does that mean Newcastle are out of the relegation battle? Is that them Yeah, I think they'll be right. I mean, we said if... I think we, we said all along... This year, if Rafa stays, uh, Newcastle will be fine because he's a very good coach. And I think that's they've had some players that um, have been going well. Perez Perez seems to have improved a bit yeah. recently. Obviously, they got the new guy from MLS who Almiron who, Almiron, who looks good. Santiago Longstaff, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately injured uh, for the rest of the year, but has. Got been a great really name good. and been really good, yeah. Long star. Long star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd enjoy that one. Uh, long star. Um, <laughs> in other relegation games last week, there was the uh, weirdest derby of all time, the Crystal Palace, Brighton and Hove Elben derby, which is built on years of weird hatred for each other. Um, Brighton won away from home, which they never do. Big win for Brighton. Palace have been great at home. Like it's a weird, really weird win. Knockhart's winner yeah. was incredible. It was a great goal. But he should have been sent off in the first minute for kicking a guy yeah. in the bollocks. Terrible challenge. Like he just went straight over the ball and then his foot went straight into his bollocks because it was in the first thirty seconds. The ref went. Oh, uh, no, yeah, I I disagree. Really? Yeah, we watched this live and yeah. I talked about it with you at the time. Yeah. I actually think that they, the referee, penalised the result more than the action. Both those players, it was early on in a derby game, both those players went in really hard over the ball, exactly the same action. One player came off worse than the other player and he penalised the other. No, one. but I haven't watched the replays. You've got to get sent off for kicking a guy in the bollocks. Well, you, then do, you, got you, to do. Kick, you have to kick, send them both off because they've, the, they've done exactly the same thing. No, it's just no, a, it's no. a it's luck that he's hit his balls. Yeah. Is, is, oh, is that lucky? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, if he was going for it, they've yeah. not done the same thing because one got a kick in the nuts and one didn't. And you, you'd, you'd say that no matter what happens in life, if you're the one that got a kick in the nuts versus someone that didn't, you're worse off. <laughs> I would agree with that, but I feel passionately that it is all about the action, not the result. So one of the real issues I have in AFL at the moment relating to Australia is that. Uh, with the um, like things that might cause concussion, and there's you know there's yeah. a lot of talk about it, and so when there's like 
um, you know, high contact or something, they come down and really hard. But they are considering... So, you know, there's doctor's reports after the game and they consider the effects of the tackle or what's happened. So you might get two people doing exactly the same thing, but then one person gets more injured than the other person. Now, to me, that should have no impact on the severity of the punishment. It has to be, with the laws of the game, it has to be about the action. Now, I disagree. I, I think if I was to come up to you on a really cold day and just flick the end of your cock, <laughs> just flick it like that <laughs> flick like that yeah, you would be in such extreme pain yeah. that it didn't matter that all I did was flick you the result of that means I should probably be sent off for it <laughs> yeah but the, 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 you're not making the but if same I was, comparison if, I was, if, I was just... if two people did the same thing f- f- one person flicked one guy's cock <laughs> the other person flicked another guy's and cock missed. Or hit, no. his, hit his left ball, That's... or is or it was a warm day. <laughs> it was a warm day. Let's move on. <laughs> it should have been sent off. But anyway, um, yeah, Brighton won, so they're kind of a bit clear. Southampton obviously got a great win against Spurs. I'm a bit sad with the relegation fight because I we're talking about everything being close, and I have some concerns that the relegation battle might be going the other way. So. Cardiff have been on a bit of a bad run, although they obviously beat West Ham at the weekend, which was great. West Ham were awful. West Ham were awful, but they've lost Sol Bamba uh, for the rest of the year, which is yeah. joint top goal scorer Sol Bamba. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think with four goals. With Cardiff as well, last thing on this is that they've got a really bad run in. So they play a few of the big teams. Um, so they've got a much harder run in than the other teams. Brighton have got a hard run in as well. Um, but so I think Cardiff basically need to find six or seven points from somewhere, and I don't really know how they're going to get. Six There's or always seven. a team that gets dragged in, like yeah. so many, so many times we see it that there's a team that near the end has a bad run, and they just can't stop the the dropping, the the planes yeah. crashing, and yeah. no one can stop <laughs> it. So maybe that is a Brighton. My, well, my, my hunch is it's going to be Palace. Oh wow! I'm just going to say it now. I just think that. Um, you, you, you Even know, though they've been improving lately, you've known what to do against Palace all year, and you just have to execute it. If you just stop Zaha, kick, just flick him on the end of his penis, <laughs> like, then you'll win a game of football. But they've but, got Batshuayi now as well, so yeah, yeah. Oh, Cardiff are better than better than people think. They they are mature, organised, and and robust. This guy Cam- Camarasso, um, Camarasa looks quite good. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's move on to the championship. In the championship, we'll just touch on it briefly because we don't want to give it much airtime. But Jack Grealish in the Second City Derby, as they called it, the Birmingham Derby between Birmingham and Villa. <laughs> I don't know why they call it the Second City. It's well, such an underwhelming name. It is. It's it's obviously, because it's the second, second largest city. Yeah, I know. But it's just like, oh, your city's a bit crap. Only in England. <laughs> Would being second at something be your claim to fame? Yeah, <laughs> but Birmingham's always been a bit crap. Oh, it's awful. Like, although, and I felt so bad because for so long my opinion of Birmingham was purely based on driving past it on the M4, M5, <laughs> and all you see are factories and smog yeah. and stuff. And you're like, well, that place. And then Villa Park. That, that place looks a bit crap. I don't want to go there. But I, then I actually went to Birmingham, and they won. Uh, you know, like Liverpool City's award, European Capital Culture, what, and yeah, European Capital. So they, there's lots of money that got invested mm-hmm. in it, and there's all the canals, and they did mm-hmm. it all up. And I was like, oh, you know you, what? It's actually quite nice. There, there are more <laughs> canals in Birmingham than got, there are in Venice. They, they got a snow nope. dome. It's it's all right. 
Well, <laughs> I did not expect this Jack Grealish <laughs> chat to go down this path. But anyway, um, Jack Grealish was playing for Villa in the derby. Questionable and, people. And a guy ran on the pitch <laughs> and punched him in the back of the head. And all I think we need to say is that people are fucking idiots. And, and he had a stupid little hat on. It's just, it's, it's just dumb. And for me, it's a reflection on a social media culture that believes that, oh, if I say something rude or funny, it's okay, and my mates will think I'm funny, and it just escalates. And now people are doing it in football stadiums, and it's just dumb, and it's crap. And like it's that bloke who jumped off the boat. Remember, did you see that bloke who jumped off the cruise ship? No. Bloke. I mean, I've ruined the story now. Bloke jumped off a cruise ship because his mates were filming him, so he just was on his cabin on the side, jumped off thinking it'd be funny. And he is getting sued. Did he die? No, he, he didn't die, but like he had to be fished out of the water. Um, and he's getting sued. You yeah. know, he's yeah, got a lot cost, cost a huge amount. And in his interview, yeah. he said exactly that, John. He goes, I just thought it would be funny. I didn't think. Yeah. And that's what that's the problem. Yeah. But and I think it's more than that. If you're going to punch punch a footballer in the head, I don't. that's more than just... It's a funny thing. Like there's got to be. No, but, we're, we're, but if you're a bit pissed or whatever before, and the you know, it'd be good to run up and hit him. Like people don't think, and it's just crap. I think also in the championship of not thinking, West Brom have fired their manager oh, Darren Moore. I think <laughs> it's absolutely criminal. <laughs> They're fourth in the league, which like the championship is hard. We talk about how hard it is to be good in the championship. West Brom have got relegated. They've got to fourth. Darren Moore is a club legend. He's played for the club for years. He's nearly kept them up. Nearly kept them up gave, and put them to, together and they've done all right this year. And now they fired him. Amazing work in the community too as well. Like, like he's, he's such a legend of the city. Yeah, it's the whole the town. That, yeah. I really hope that they do a Sunderland. And just plummet. Yeah, I just I think it's they don't deserve anything better than that because mm. I think it's a poor decision. He, he has behaved with the utmost integrity. Like everyone knew they were going down. And he dealt with that so well, and he was, you know, he was a real spokesman for the club during it all. Carried himself very well, and then it is so hard to go down and then bounce immediately back. The, the it's thing, so that, hard the thing that makes it interesting is they didn't just sack Darren Moore; they sacked all the backroom staff. So whoever comes in as caretaker manager, it's their youth team coach who's coming to caretaker manager, isn't going to have anyone to explain the the pros and cons and attributes of the players. Because there's no assistant manager there anymore. So, so someone can't walk in and, and be given a dossier. Yeah. It doesn't exist. So they, they've pressed the self-destruct button. I don't get it either because they have sacked him. The reasoning that they've given is that they expected to be challenging for the title this year mm. and automatic promotion. And they now see that opportunity having gone. And so they've got rid of Darren Moore. Yeah. But they're still with a very good chance of getting to the Premier League because they should be in the playoffs and there's still an opportunity up for grabs. Is it really going to put them in a better position to bring in a new manager and new coaching team now to try and get them to win the playoffs? Well, the, the logic is, as I as I hear it, sorry John, the, the, no, the logic is that he isn't the man to manage them in the Premier League. So if you you can't get promoted and sack the guy in the summer, so now that they're in a in a position that they could be in the playoffs, they're not going to get all back. They could be in the playoffs and get someone in who can guide them through that that tournament, who can then manage them in the Premier League. This is the only way that they improve their football when they get back in the Premier League. And if they don't, they'll get the man they want anyway. That makes no sense. No. Well, that's 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 from what I've heard. That's right. the logic. So they'll get Tony Pulis in. I was going to say because the, yeah, in it'll theory, be one of, one of the one of the roundabout, wouldn't it? Well, because the thing is, you've got to win. Um, maybe they get Pardew back. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> they've they've got to win three games. They've got to win the two playoff legs and the playoff final and get promoted. And once you're in the position they're in, that's all you've got to do. But to change it now just is dumb. Yeah, it makes stupid. no sense whatsoever. Uh, and I also think that this is one of the best championship seasons mm. in terms of the quality in the league that I've seen for a long time. And so for them to be up there in fourth is yeah. is no slight on Darren Moore and the way no. his team's playing. I think this is it's such a hard league normally. And I think this year the standard has been... Been brilliant. Leeds won three 0 again last night. Yeah. Really? So they're, so they're, they're back, seconds. No, they're back top now. Yeah. Oh, it's it, all good. Leeds and Norwich are a game like going toe to toe. Like it's. But but the, then who's third? Sheffield United. Yeah, that's right. Sheffield United are not. They're only two points behind. Yeah, right, so it's, it's, it's outrageous what's going on. Um, let's move on to side stories. Has anyone got anything from the side story that they wanted to talk uh, about? Yeah, I did. Um, I just saw it and I thought, oh, that's bizarre. Uh, Monaco. Yeah, uh, you know they uh, did full circle and rehiled uh, Jardin. Yeah, uh, they're unbeaten since he came back. Oh god! So they've now moved away from the relegation uh, zone. And it, it, so they could have just not, they done, just just not done anything and kept him in. West, just, just West like, Brom should look at this. Like, <laughs> chill out. It just felt, I'm just like I was trying to work it out. I'm like this whole thing just feels bizarre yeah. and it's all happened in one year <laughs> like, it's the same as Madrid same as Madrid getting Zidane back yeah it's like you you know the Zidane says I want autonomy over sign. I've won the Champions League three times I want the money I want I want autonomy over signings I want to play the type of football I want and Perez goes no yeah. we know better piss off and he goes fine I'll piss off yeah and then six months later they go Zidane, can you come back? We'll give you all the money you want. You can yeah. run all the players you want. You can get rid of whoever the fuck you want. Yeah. And it's perfect. Um, Zidane coming back, um, does that mean it's the end of Gareth Bale? Yes, absolutely. They didn't even talk at the end of his tenure last time. Where, Hazard's coming. Yeah, and yeah. Hazard will come in. Where's Gareth Bale going? Well, he gets paid £650,000 a week. Yeah, he gets €12 million Euros a year after tax. Which means that there are only a few club, clubs that could afford him. Probably doesn't need to go to China. No. <laughs> so it's Man United, PSG. Man United won't pay that money for a 30 no. year old, not a 30 year old sick note. Well, I, I hope, and I think what might happen is that he won't just chase the money and he'll come back to the Premier League. It's back to Spurs? I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's good for him. I. I think somewhere like Juventus. Oh, I'd love to see him back in the Prem. Oh, but he won't go to Juventus because Ronaldo's there. Like it, it's yeah. like going. Oh, I've just split up with this girlfriend. Oh no, I'm back with this girlfriend. Yeah, but that happens. It's like you split up and then you're like, oh, but I really want to go to Durham University and she. Oh, let's go together. <laughs> oh, we're in halls of residence together. Oh, maybe let's just have a have a hug. <laughs> Romantic cuddle. A romantic cuddle. Yeah, it's a cuddle over a pot. Are we noodle. reliving some of your uh, no, universe? You didn't go to Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Rog. <laughs> um, has anyone else got any other side stories? No. No, nothing. Um, Jeff, are you doing some uh, end feature? Have you got a new song for us? Yeah, I do. Been working on it this week. Oh, good, good. Sounds like the same as the one last week. No, but I've tried to play it better. Oh, it was I, mean, good. I thought it was good. It was very <laughs> smooth. <laughs> there was enthusiasm. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. It was done with panache. Yeah. Um, so last week, Jeff King won. Woo! So you bet on Cardiff Hold to beat West Ham, door. which I think Roger and I both said was a. No, you weren't here, but I said it was a shit bet at the time. Um, so well done, Jeff. And I think it's because I said that Cardiff were better than you expect. Yes. 
Which is what I've said again this I think week. It's just that West Ham are the most like flakiest. Like we talked about being an Everton fan. What about being a West Ham it's the fan? Same. What the are same, they? Same, what same. are West Ham? But do you see Felipe Anderson this week came out and said, "I want to stay here for for years. I want to be a West Ham legend." Just like the day after you get beat two 0 by Cardiff, like stay here for years and sit mid table with the rest of us. You being a miserable <laughs> bastard. And uh, Rog and I both lost um, because of Palace losing to Brighton, which we didn't see coming. Um, but so, what have you got for this week, Jeff? I am going to bet on the Everton Chelsea game. Ooh, wow! Now I cannot imagine two teams more likely to be rudderless, clueless, <laughs> lose the ball aimlessly, not really know what direction they're scoring. They should, like I, I think it's going to be a snore fest, and I think a draw is the result. Wow. $3.60. And that's what you're betting on, a draw? Everton are going to go tight. Chelsea are going to go confused. No one's going to make it. <laughs> no one's going to make a substitution until 82 minutes, and there's going to be three on for each team. Yep. Last five minutes will be frantic, and it like it's just what's the point in that game? <laughs> yeah, no, nice. Good. Well, Chelsea need a win. They're Whoa. still. They're, it's their yeah, game they're very much within top four. Yeah. No, I'm not paying it. Draw. Draw. 360. Wow. Rog, what have you gone for? Uh, I've gone FA Cup. I didn't really fancy anything in the Premier League, so I hope I haven't mm. uh, broken the rules here. No, no. Uh, I've gone two teams that I think will think they have a chance of winning the FA Cup. I've gone Watford to beat Palace at yep. home, uh, and I've gone Man United to beat Wolves away. Perhaps a bit more difficult. Fuck's sake, Rog. Have you bet the same I've again? done exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just looked at it, and it's paying. It's obvious. It's paying five dollars ninety. Yeah, and I just thought. I mean, I think Man United will win the FA Cup. I've got money on them to win the FA Cup, so I think Solskjaer yeah. will will win something this year. And I don't think they'll win the Champions League, so it's got to be the FA Cup. Uh, and I think that Watford are stupid if they don't see the FA Cup as a legitimate no, chance to win a trophy. And Watford are playing Palace at home, and Palace have got to worry about the league, so they don't. They, the FA Cup's a byproduct for them, whereas Watford have got to do something in it, and Watford are at home. So I, I think, think that was a that. gimme. I'm, I'm a little bit more. I mean, Wolves are a good football team, so that is definitely not a straightforward. The uh, Man United have won nine in a row away from home, so pretty handy. I think they're. I think they'll be now, great. I, I don't think Watford are going to beat Palace. I mean, you yeah. think it's a gimme, but Watford rested eight players or whatever they at did, the weekend. Yeah. And that is a telltale sign. It ruins momentum when you do that because it means that they know their focus is on this game this weekend. They know that. They rested players. They got beat. Changes the ethos. Yeah. And I think because of that, they've probably done themselves a, a disservice. They've almost put too much pressure on themselves yeah. to go, oh, we've got to win this. I and, watched and the Palace game at the weekend though. Palace have been playing, supposedly been playing better lately, but they were crap. Yeah. It's because it was a derby. It's because it was a derby that's 150 miles away derby. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome has anyone got anything else before we uh, make our way no it's been great being back in the shed this week yeah good to have you back Rog yes. thanks, thanks for listening everyone um, we will be back next week um, as always if you want to get in touch shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com um, and don't forget to tell your mates and leave us a review on iTunes and we'll be back next week thanks everyone bye see ya see ya